the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering, folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, it's time for our legal segment. With us is one of Rhode Island top attorneys, Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to start off the um, June. started with a bang with the uh, riot outside or Providence and the mall and so forth. And uh, they are finally getting around to going through some tape and looking at some of the surveillance tape and making arrests. And, um, and they are still on the hunt for some of the more serious crimes, but people wondering what were some of the ramifications there, they, they have now been making some arrests with some of the people involved with the riot that happened the night of, uh, of June 2nd. Yes. It's, it's, it's an interesting world we live in, John, as we've seen with all these police videos, everyone's got a smartphone, everyone's videoing everything. Um, It's very hard to do anything out there without being captured. If you're doing something inappropriate, Um, many, many stores and businesses and governmental buildings have um, exterior video cameras and certainly this is not a case of the same magnitude or gravity of the, um, of the um, bombing um, during um, the um, marathon in Boston. But as we saw in that case, uh, the perpetrators were um, discovered rather quickly by looking at all the available uh, video surveillance material. And similarly in Providence, the police have been looking at all the video surveillance material that's re- um, 
again, from government buildings, offices, businesses, and they've identified at least three at this point individuals um, that they've identified, uh, three gentlemen from Warwick, I believe, and they've been charged um, with inciting a riot. Um, one of the problems is under Rhode Island law, um, the charge of inciting a riot um, is a misdemeanor. So it's a crime, if proved, which is punishable by up to a year in jail and up to a $1,000 fine. So in the universe of criminal law, this is a pretty um, minor offense, if you will. It's only a misdemeanor. They're still looking for other um, perpetrators who might be involved in more felonious conduct, some of which might be referred to the feds. Um, torching a police vehicle could be charged as a federal crime. Um, there's other crimes such as the um, breaking and entering, the uh, robberies, the looting. Those crimes, if they can identify suspects from the available surveillance material, could be far more significant. But um, I think it's a good start that the Providence PD is looking at this seriously and trying to... Um, bring all of these um, criminal violators uh, to justice. Unfortunately, yep. unfortunately, John, it's not going to be a big deal because any misdemeanor like this typically gets plea bargained away with essentially a slap on the wrist unless you've got a significant past criminal history. Yeah, from what I understand, um, the, the, the one that they're really still looking for was that uh, St. Pierre shoe store. It's right on... on um, Washington Street, and that is the one right down from the Strand there, down from uh, City Hall, and that is the one where not only did they break into the shoe store, that's one thing, but they, they torched it, and it was on fire. There is video of that, by the way, of that on fire, and uh, and it, there were apartments above. Uh, the sprinklers, fortunately, in that uh, St. Pierre shoe, um, the sprinklers did actually were effective inside and in putting out the fire. But Tim, as we've um, briefly mentioned in the past, that from what I understand, that's the one that law enforcement's really looking after because if they could capture or find out who was responsible for that, that, Tim Dodd, is a far more serious crime. That's, that would be a first-degree arson charge. Even if you're a first-time offender, even if you've never done anything criminal in your past, you've got a clean record, if you get rung up and charged on a first-degree arson case, that's jail. For sure, for sure. Um, and you could do significant jail time for that. Also, the B&E, the breaking and entering, that's a jail case, even if you're a first-time offender. But the arson, because it's not a vacant building, but it's an inhabited building, as you point out, there's apartments above. If they get that person and they um, bring a prosecution forward and they can get that person dead to rights, Jail. That's a for sure jail case. Mm -hmm. Tim Dodd, uh, this past Sunday, there were some protesters in St. Louis. And boy, that video and photo. Time we're living in. And so as some of the protesters are making their way to, I believe, the mayor of St. Louis's home, they decide to break through a gate or there was a gate open. They go end up on private property. And this this couple, this uh, husband and wife attorney, in St. Louis, this beautiful mansion that they live in, they uh, find themselves out on the front lawn, and then the crowd is threatening. I think there were 300 of them. They're going to shoot their dog. They're going to come into their house, and 
boy, the footage just gripped the nation. Where um, the the, uh, the the gentleman, the husband, he's got a an AR fifteen, and the wife's got a I think it's a um, she has a revolver or a handgun, definitely. Um, but Tim Dodd, now this talk that they may actually be charged with some some sort of a crime. They call it the St. Louis Gun Couple. Yes, they do. Um, and again, not to be repetitive, but everything is on video. Whatever you do these days, you're going to be on, you're on candid camera. And um, depending on your conduct, it could really bite you in the fanny if um, things don't go your way. But as to this couple, this is the new trend. These rioters and protesters have announced in various cities and you know states around the country that they're not just going to stick to businesses. They're not just going to stick to looting uh, business establishments. They've threatened to go to some, let's call it nicer neighborhoods. And maybe they're going to start doing B&Es of houses that look like they're um, occupied by, you know, uh, wealthy um, owners who might have nice goodies inside that somebody would like to steal and pillage and rampage. And that's been threatened around the country. So this group um, wants to go pay a visit to the mayor. The mayor lives in a nice gated community. This 300 plus group of um, protesters, be they peaceful or be they less than peaceful, um, I don't think you're peaceful when you're crashing down gates so you can get through into um, getting onto private property. Um, again, they're described as peaceful. Not sure that's particularly peaceful. They came with a mission. They came in um, announcing exactly where they were going, when they were going, what they were going to do. So this couple is out front letting these protesters know um, we're here, we're armed. And we feel threatened. And um, the gentleman, he's a lawyer, but he's, I think, talking way too much, has been talking in the media saying that they felt threatened as to what this crowd was doing. Um, he really shouldn't say anything, but that ship has sailed. The um, district attorney for St. Louis is now trying to make headlines and I believe she is elected. So she's going to be looking to curry favor with the electorate saying, we're going to bring charges against these people. We're not going to let this type of conduct stand in the face of peaceful protesters. Um, so she rushes to a conclusion that the protesters were peaceful and that uh, what these, uh, this uh, gun toting couple did was criminal. There could be, there could be John, a, a, a relatively significant felony charge that could result from this. In the state of Missouri, there's a felony that can be charged when a person, quote, exhibits in the presence of one or more persons any weapon readily capable of lethal use in an angry or threatening manner. So if it's determined that this couple was brandishing these weapons, and I believe the guy was pointing them in a general manner at this crowd of protesters, so is that in an angry or threatening manner? If you do that, you could be, upon conviction, be sentenced to up to four years in prison um, or a $10,000 fine. That's significant. Yeah. Now, however, Missouri also has... Um, 
um, a statutory scheme that says um, deadly force cannot be used. And of course, it wasn't used here. A, a weapon was brandished, but deadly force can't be used unless such force is used against a person who unlawfully enters, remains after unlawful entry, or attempts to unlawfully enter private property that is owned or leased by an individual. So, do you have as a property owner the right to use deadly force if someone unlawfully enters and remains on your private property? Right. The statutory scheme in Missouri suggests that you can. So it seems to me this couple could well get charged with some sort of criminal um, violation because the political climate is right to do that. And if you're the DA and if you're elected, you score political points by bringing these charges. We've seen happening all over the country. Many times charges are brought prematurely. Um, we know that in Georgia, the DA is in a tough election race. So to curry favor with the electorate, he charged the, uh, the police there in Atlanta, I believe, prematurely. Should they have been charged? Perhaps ultimately, but after a thorough investigation. He popped off and filed charges almost instantaneously as the DA to curry political favor. If this couple is charged, I think it's a very winnable case. It's a very defendable case. And I don't think they'll be convicted of anything. Folks, it's uh, John DePietro with us, Attorney Tim Dodd. Coming up, we are going to touch on the uh, situation in Narragansett when they're changing the uh, students per house. Also, JCLS and uh, Representative Blake Flippy in the news. That was uh, quite a press conference. That and a lot more uh, with Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. I received the nicest email from one of our listeners saying, John DePietro, thank you for telling us about Winfield Termite and Pest Control. I said, hey, thank them. Folks, you can call them today, Winfield Termite and Pest Control, 401-821-7800, online, winfieldpest.com. Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, Winfield Termite and Pest Control. Remember, family-friendly pest control professionals that you can trust for your home. Call them today, 821 821- 7800. What can Winfield Termite and Pest Control do? Well, remove ants, termites, mice, cockroaches, any pest from your home, yard, business, or commercial property. For a free estimate or to schedule a home inspection, call Winfield Termite and Pest Control today. The team you can depend on, 821 7800. Now, listen, this is going to be a bad tick season, but it won't be. Or mosquitoes. Not if you call Winfield Termite and Pest Control. They can protect you, your family, from ticks, mosquitoes. Now listen, who knows what potential viruses that could be spread, whether it be from a mosquito. This is not the time that you want to get Lyme disease from a tick. You'll be able to enjoy your property, maybe for yourself, for your family, for your grandchildren. Protect your home, your family, and business. And that's what it's about protection i trust winfield termite and pest control to protect you your family your property your home and your business winfield termite and pest control call them today 821-7800 821-7800 winfield termite pest control rhode island's most dependable pest control service a family friendly pest control professionals folks you're going to love these guys you can trust call them today 
821-7800 or online at winfieldpest.com. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in store lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? Well, it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Johnson Propane. Now listen, you want to be prepared for what's going ahead. Now is the time to stock up on propane. Stop in. Phil never runs out. That's right. Phil Johnson never runs out. Easy to get to. Located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, and it's right in front of Stop and Shop, right over near Rhode Island College. They are open seven days a week. Propane tank and supplies, they fill Blue Rhino, and they will fill up all your propane tanks. Credit cards, debit cards are accepted. You can call Phil Johnson at 401 621 8129. 401 621 8129. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call Phil, 401-621-8129. Now is the time to stock up. It's drive-in, no wait, propane filling station. They'll fill up your tank. Now is the time. You want to make sure. You don't know what's going to happen. And if, in fact, you get locked down or you have to be out, then you want to make sure you have propane. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. I, I'm stopping by to have Phil fill up. I have two tanks. I'm going to have them both filled up. 401-621-8129. Stop in and see him. He's just terrific. And again, right, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, and right in front of Stop and Shop. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. With us is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um... This segment, I'd like to start off with the situation down in Narragansett, where they, um, from what I understand, they would like to try to have more of a uh, family community, have families living in more of these houses. You do have a lot of people, they just buy homes, they use them as uh, investment properties where they rent to a bunch of students. There's always problems in the, uh, during the school year with the URI students. I mean, that's just the nature of any college and college students. And, and this is different, though, because I don't think I've heard of this in the past, where the Narragansett Town Council wants to limit the number of people that can live. You know, a lot of times they have four or five students that live in a house, and, uh, and they'd like to limit that now in Narragansett. It, it's been a vexing problem in Narragansett for years and years, and really for PCs had problems with student housing. Uh, Narragansett's had a unique problem with student housing. I know when I was of college age and for years since, I know a lot of rental properties in uh, Narragansett rent 
not so much this by a price of the house or the apartment, but by the number of bedrooms. It's a, so if you've got a two-bedroom, you get X. If you've got a four-bedroom, you get Y. Um, and that's sort of the way the rental process has gone. Um, on the one hand, these rental properties um, are valuable and landlords look for them because they can be profitable. It helps to create and maintain uh, property values. Um, but it also can create havoc in neighborhoods. I know in particular, um, Bonnet Shores has problems every year with um, the student renters. The Eastward Look area has problems with student renters. So now the town council is trying to do something about it. There's a Rhode Island Supreme Court case um, that interpreted a Providence statute of a similar nature was constitutional in limiting um, each rental unit um, to up to three students. So it's a unit or a dwelling. Now, Narragansett has had a system where they have limited it to four students. And one of the disturbing aspects of it is they talk about students. So they can't, you can't have more than three students. Um, other towns and communities have tried to make it three, or it's, let's assume it's three, and sometimes it's four, unrelated um, individuals. Well, that would include students. But is it going to be uniformly um, assume You've got three young professionals or four young professionals or five young professionals who want to rent a house or an apartment, but they're not students. Are they going to be treated the same, or is this statute in Narragansett going to attempt to target students to the exclusion of others? I think there's going to be some um, constitutional questions raised yet again. Now, the Rhode Island Supreme Court has ruled, but my understanding is the Narragansett proposed statute um, modifies and attempts to change some of the language that was in the um, Narragansett, excuse me, the Providence statute, which they attempted to sort of copy and work off of. Um, there's also going to be a problem of enforcement. Many of those who oppose this, um, and most of them are landlords, by the way, saying, well, how are you going to enforce this? We don't have enough police as it is. And how are we going to enforce and go in and check and ask for IDs and demand to know who's living in an apartment? Um, there's probable cause issues. There's just the ability of the town to keep up. The other thing, which I think is rather stunning, is the proposed the proposed ordinance that Narragansett Narragans is looking to put into place. The penalty for violating it. So you're a landlord. The limit's three. You say to heck with it. I'm going to rent to these four people. The proposed fine is five hundred dollars per day. And every day constitutes a new violation. So <laughs> every day that you would have more than three people renting an apartment or a dwelling from you as a landlord, you could be fined up to $500 for each day. Oh. Which is excessive. Yeah, it's $3,500 a week. Yeah, wow. so you've got, you've got two very distinct camps. You've got students who say, listen, there's not enough on-campus housing at URI. Right. So we got to go somewhere. So we're going to be renting apartments in the surrounding communities. 
Um, the landlords who own real estate are saying our ability to rent to four kids versus three kids has a direct impact on the value of this real estate. If we can only rent to three kids, our property is worth less. Any investor is going to do the math and um, property values are going to go down, mm. which means that uh, real estate taxes collected are going to go down. And if those tax revenues go down, they're going to have to be made up somewhere else. So for most people, the current situation is good. For the folks who live next door to or, or in the community where there might be a house full of unruly students, it's dreadful to have to live with the um, the disruption that, that these situations can cause. Yeah. If landlords better maintained their properties and didn't allow you know kids to get out of hand, this probably wouldn't be an issue. But uh, I, I think this particular town council is likely to um, go ahead and um, pass an ordinance for this three-person maximum. I think after the election cycle in November you might see a reversal of that position because it's going to be a totally different council. Tim Dodd, how serious is the situation in Providence where the, uh, the whole pension thing, where they thought they were on firm ground and they stopped the colas and all of a sudden it turns out, boy, they, uh, they guessed wrong and maybe not immediately, but Mayor Alors is already sounding the alarms that this, uh, this could be dire warnings for Providence. This is a big deal. I mean, it was a it was a, it was a front page article, but it wasn't a particularly detailed article in the Projo. Um, Judge Taft Carter had three of her separate decisions regarding all the pension reform cases um, overturned in the Rhode Island Supreme Court this week, and the implications are significant. Most importantly, is the issue of colas for retirees. Now. Back during the Palino administration and during the Buddy Two administrations, um, contracts were negotiated with fire and police, which provided on average a 5% COLA for retirement benefits annually, which is enormous, John. That, that, that's a budget buster. And by the time um, Mayor Tavares came in, he's looked at the, the math and sounded the alarm that this was a Category 5 hurricane, if you'll recall. One example, which has recently been uh, cited as an example of, of how this 5% COLA works, is there was one uh, Providence fire chief who retires in 1991 his salary at the time was $63,000 and change. By 2014, he was receiving an annual pension benefit of $196,813. That's right. So take that guy and multiply him by many, many others. Um, you can see how this all explodes a budget and it's unsustainable and the politicians who allowed this to happen um, either weren't paying attention or they knew the implications, but they were looking for short-term um, electoral gain at the price of uh, a real, real financial problem for future um, taxpayers. So now Judge um, Taft Carter had found that the um, revisions to um, suspending COLAs somewhat indefinitely, she thought it was okay. The Supreme Court said no, because by indefinitely um, 
stopping the colas um, was an unlawful taking. So it's taking something that the retirees were expecting to receive. The revisions which the Superior Court Justice approved said that the colas could resume when the pension fund was 70% funded. But when that matter was part of the evidence that was um, adduced at trial showed that it's going to take 24 years if everything goes right to get that pension fund up to the 70% threshold. 24 years, most if not all of these retirees will be dead and they will have never received the benefit they were expecting during their lifetimes. So the Supreme Court has said, no, um, the court was incorrect in allowing this um, delay in COLAs to remain until to be 24 years. So the reversal sends the case back to the Superior Court for the judge to reconsider what's a reasonable time frame before these COLAs should be kicked back in. Um, this will probably wind up in the Supreme Court again, but the implication is if this COLA issue is um, determined in a manner after the Superior Court reviews it again, in such a way that Providence is going to be paying out, they're going to be paying out millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm. Um, it's not a sustainable situation. I mean, I, I think if this all goes wrong, you know, no politician would ever say it, but I'm not a politician. I can say it. If this all goes wrong, you know, Providence might be looking at a Detroit situation where they've got to file bankruptcy to yeah. control their future um, pension and payout expenditures. They're going to have to consider something. They're not there yet. This is going back to the Superior Court, John. But this Supreme Court decision um, is a very dire warning for the city of Providence as to what the future may hold. I know before they um, suspended the COLA that Gilbert McLaughlin, the journal had mapped out if he had lived to be 100 years old, uh, when he was 100, his yearly pension payout would be $800,000 a year because of the COLAs. Folks, coming up, we are going to touch on the JCLS controversy. Also, Supreme Court weighs in on religious schools and programs. It's all ahead right here with attorney Tim Dodd on the John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that on the dashboard at the website, You'll see where it says radio show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on radio show and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. <laughs> 